0: To Colin Bradley Artcast with Colin Bradley and Stephen Bradley. Hello and welcome to Colin Bradley Artcast. I'm Stephen Bradley,
1: and I'm Colin Bradley. Hi, Dad. Hello, Steve. How are you doing? I'm doing all right. Doing it, well.
0: It looks nice yeah. and bright and sunny there.
1: Oh, it's lovely. Be- weather's been gorgeous, hasn't it? Really lovely at the moment. And uh, Broadstairs is looking at its best. People on the beach, ice cream places opening up, toilets opening up, which is very important for the people <laughs> coming onto the beach. <laughs> so, um, all in all, uh, it's looking pretty bright. Yeah, and it looks pretty bright for the future too. It all, it all seems to be working out now.
0: Yeah,
1: lockdowns easing.
0: Yes, yes so, it is. Lots
1: to bit. look forward to.
0: A little bit of normality uh, coming back slowly, which is which is nice, which is what we like. Um, so you you were just telling me uh, before we started recording that you're, you're working on like a secret project that you won't even tell me about
1: <laughs> at the moment. Well, well, I tell you what it, well, I can tell you what it is. Basically, I can tell you what it is. It's, it's a picture that I've been meaning to do for quite some time now. And it's a picture that I did in 1985, I think. I actually did it uh, of, of a local scene to me. People wouldn't know what that is, but it's a local scene to me. And I thought, you know, that really does deserve to be redone. And what's happened over the, over the last two or three years, people have been saying, I'd, I'd like you to do some more buildings, you know, and, okay. and, and, and things like that. And I thought... Well, it's okay, but I've got to get the right subject. Anyway, this came up again um, fairly recently, and I thought, shall I, shall I try this? Because think about it, nineteen eighty-five, and it was a picture of um, Saint Peter's in Broadstairs. Now, say people won't know where that is, but it's very pretty little, like offshoot of Broadstairs, little village. And um, we've been up there two or three times in the last uh, couple of weeks, uh, your mum and I. It's a nice little walk through, and it's a very quaint place, steeped in history. And um, the the scene that I did was the high street and of St. Peter's Church. People may remember I did St. Peter's Church, an old... um, Christmas card. uh, Yeah, that's right, a Christmas card, yeah. Uh, Well... but this is um this is brought forward a, a little while and it's based on a nine, i think it was 1880 postcard of the time that's when i did it because i was even the, many many years ago i was into the old worldy look i loved the old buildings and the old dresses and the characters and so on so what I did with this one, uh, it, it was very, very popular at the time. I made a limited edition print of it, sold it very quickly. Within a, within a year, the whole lot had gone in my gallery. And then I sold the original as well. So that went. So I had no record of it other than the, um, the pictures I'd taken uh, of, of the, uh, or, uh, the print, pictures of the print. Anyway... So it was a popular, and I thought people must like it, but I put it down, of course, to people being local in Broadstairs and district, uh, knowing the scene and liking the scene. So I, I, I've hesitated because I thought, well, maybe would would a, a worldwide audience appreciate it? Yeah. So what I've done, I've modified it a little bit. I've put it onto Pastelmat, where this original one was on the grey paper, and Uh, I thought, let's give it a go. So I'm doing it again, but um, in my introduction to it, I said that this is really by way of a demonstration rather than uh, a project. However, we know that people want to do these. uh, I said, well, what I'll do is I'll give you the pencil numbers and I'll give you a line drawing. If anybody wants to do it, they can. But they're going to learn an awful lot how to produce the buildings, the characters, and the general makeup. Uh, and of course it's on pastel mat so it's a slightly different uh, feel to it yeah so there we are that's that's the project but it's going to take me a while there's a lot lot involved in it and um, i reckon it'll. i've estimated it would take me at least two weeks to complete wow it's something you can't i, I wouldn't be able to spend too long on it
0: yeah
1: okay you know, it's, a, it's a bit a bit at time and I've got little characters in it which are sweet and lovely, and people were very surprised. So I think if people like the um, you know the old type of pictures, you know, with the old dresses and characters, and I mean that the part of the picture isn't there anymore. It's been pulled down, and wow. something else has been taken its place. So um, the picture in the left hand side, of the main foreground, has gone. So it's a bit... Uh, but the church is still there and the butchers are still there and the houses on the left-hand side, directly on right, far left, is still there. Because I was looking at them the other day as I walked past. I thought, oh, I can still see they've got the railings up but it's still got the the uh, windows in. The, the um, architecture's the same. So it's interesting. So from my point of view, it's a bit of an indulgence. But I think... People would like it purely if they just watch it and say, God, that's how he does bricks. That's how he does that. How, mm. That's how he does those sign write, writing of the signs and so on. Oh, wow. Interesting.
0: Excited. I'm excited to see this. It sounds ambitious.
1: Well, uh, what I'll do is I will give you photographs, maybe split it into about four stages. Like I've done with the other um, Errol Flynn's and Doris Day's, yeah. So you can you can you can put them up, um, you know, and say this is how Colin's getting on with it, yeah. But I probably won't send you the photographs until I've finished it,
0: yeah. Just <laughs> I knew you were going to say
1: that. <laughs> just in case I get to the point where I think, oh, this isn't working, but it will because I'll make it work. Yeah, but uh, I think it's safe to do that, and so then you can you can you can put them up, so they won't see anything for at least three or four weeks.
0: <laughs> Brilliant, Arno! I'm excited. I'm excited for that. That sounds good. Um, okay, so I've got a few questions that we can talk about this week. A uh, few talking points. Um, we've got the first one here from Ross. Ross says, "I think I have a nightmare." I've drawn a friend's dog and realised when I was doing the background that I've got fingerprints on the paper. I am mortified as it's lovely, but the fingerprints at the bottom have spoiled the picture. Is there any way that I can remove
1: them? Well, it, it, this is this is a tricky one because really we need to we need to see that and we haven't got the picture yet. You asked Ross to send you the picture, didn't you? And uh,
0: yeah, I don't the think, photograph of it. I Don't think we've got we it yet. have got
1: it yet when we get it, uh, I'll have another look at it. But it's something that probably it's fingerprints from – there's two ways you can get fingerprints on your paper. One is if your hands um, are are naturally a little bit oily, that can happen. Um, It doesn't happen to me because I haven't got oily hands. Um, But I know that my students in the past have – mention this to me there's not much you can do about it really um you, you should be able to cover them up with pastel should be able to the other thing it might be that um you know you haven't used a protector you know when i'm p- drawing a picture i always have a cartridge paper that my hands rest on yeah and that can well it does uh, save an awful lot of work uh, And smudging, particularly, that's what I use it for. It's also, and I've always mentioned this, that it does stop your hands from touching the paper, thus creating, could create a problem. Yeah. So that might be it. But I really don't know whether you can do very much about it, except cover it with pastel.
0: Yeah. If anyone out there is listening to this and has had a similar problem, we'd be really interested to... uh... To hear how you overcame it, because then we could uh, pass that on to to Roz and uh, see if there's any any tips you guys could offer. Um, but like you mm. say, I mean, if you have you know any sort of even if it's like a warm day or something, your hand might get a bit clammy. Like you've, you've got to be got to be quite careful about how uh, what you touch on the paper, haven't you? I suppose when you're mm. you're working on something, um, mm. especially. Well, I suppose does it, it doesn't matter if you're... What if you're smudging a background with your finger? Do you have to make sure your fingers are really dry before you start putting the pastel on?
1: That's very true. Yes, that's very true. And once again, I don't have a problem with, my, with with oil on my finger. Generally, though, I've got to say that when I do... Um, in the past, it doesn't happen with me, so I'm lucky. But with my, my students, I've found that some of my students... Had had a little bit of oil on the finger, so and asked me what they should do about it. Well, what I've suggested is that they, if they either dry their hands first of all, anyway, and then they can rub some pastel on spare paper, get a bit of spare paper, doesn't matter, could be cartridge paper, you don't have to have pastel paper. Put some of the color that you're going to use on that and rub it with your finger so you kind of charge your finger up before you put it on. The picture, and that's worked in the past. So okay. you've certainly got to be careful, though. That's yes,
0: yeah, it's tricky, tricky. Okay, well, that's all we can really say on that for the moment, Roz. Um, if, like I say, if we have any tips uh, from anyone, we will send them over uh, and maybe check back in with that question at a later date. Uh, the next one is from Steve. And Steve says, Hi, Steve. Listening to the podcast, I can tell that you and Colin are staying healthy, which is great. And trust it continues along with the business. This uncertain period has really got people doing things that they wouldn't otherwise do. Baking, keeping fit. Joe Wicks has got me trying it. DIY, not me. Photography and, of course, following art courses. I need to order some replacement Faber-Castell pastel pencils. And now that Colin is using other types, I have a question um, about which pencils I would like to buy. So Steve is saying you'd like to buy four of each of the other types and wondered if you, Dad, could suggest which colours which would be good to start off with. And he's keen to mix the pastel pencils uh, together now. So um, what would you suggest here for steve let's take it a brand at a time actually i've got the ones that you sent to me because you had a look at this and you sent me a list of four colors um that you would perhaps recommend starting off with uh let's look at creta so the pencils you list here are 229 130 131 and 217 now i know off the top of my head that 130 131 are tan or described as tan light and tan dark
1: mm, but, no they're not really that they're, they're pinks so. Oh, so
0: that, that leads me on to my question what what extra colors do you have in creta color that you perhaps wouldn't have with faber
1: mm. well the, the, the color that um the colors i've suggested is um, they're colors that um you have similar pencils in uh faber but not exactly and people will know if they've seen particularly the, I'll tell you, one I did use the, the 130 and the 131. I used them in the, uh, oh, I can't remember. When the two girls, three girls? Reginini. That's the one, Reginini. Oh, mine's going now, mate. Memory's going. Yeah, Reginini, yeah, that one. Now, I used that, and I don't think I could have done that. As successfully as I did without those two pencils, and I've used it oh lots and lots of times since. I tell you how I know because I look at the pencils themselves, and if they if they are only half half got half a pencil, it means I've used a lot of it. Yeah, and uh, this is one way I could tell. And uh, those two I I'll get. In fact, I reordered one of them uh, because I'd almost run out of it. Uh, and I I've only had the color what, for about a year now. Anyway, so that's how I know that the other two two nine is a, a color which I use for the I, I use for the um, four pencil pictures that you've seen. Oh yes,
0: yeah.
1: People have seen some, I think, on Instagram, but uh, yeah. we haven't released them yet. And that I used a lot of that the two two nine because it's, it was kind. Of, it's, they call it brown gray. So that very dark brown-gray, so you can see from that description, we haven't got anything quite like that mm. in um, the Faber. Similar, 175, for instance, is very similar. And I suppose you could have used that. But uh, it's a good colour. It's a nice soft colour as well. Mm. I can't remember that the other one was. What was it? 217. Two, no. two, 217. I can't I can't remember what can, that was uh, I can tell you. Must, I can tell you. Must have been a, must have been a good one.
0: It's Bista. Uh, oh right. Bista. Okay. Well again. Sort of it's a ochrey, like it's sort of a greeny ochre like got a greeny brown ochrey. Um mm. again, they're like in betweens, aren't they? That's right. That's
1: right.
0: I don't think you've got anything well, quite like that in uh, Faber
1: no once again it's the only way i could tell because of the pencils i use. I, I laid them all out on my on my table and i went through them and i looked at well those four pencils yeah have been most used therefore they're the ones that i would recommend you should send which, a multi-
0: send a picture if you can send a picture to me because that's quite interesting i think people would, like find that quite funny of the creta colors and which ones
1: are, <laughs> oh, which yes. ones are shorter <laughs> I'll do that. I'll do. I, I won't do it with all of them because it takes too long. But I'll I, I, I'll do them with. I'll start the I go and send you send you a picture. You can
0: which ones you can post does, it. Which ones does Colin use most? Yeah, guess. <laughs> um, okay, moving on to the Carbothello then. So you got seven two four seven seven zero six four zero and five four five. So what colours does Stabilo's Carbothello give you? that you wouldn't
1: otherwise well, have? Well, the, first of all, the 724, I've used a lot of that. It's a grey. It's somewhere between um, 230 in Faber and 233 in Faber. Yeah. Somewhere between the two, but it's got more blue in it. And uh, I've used that a lot recently. Yeah. So that's a, that's a good colour. I've always assumed that people have got the Faber pencils. So if they've got them all then slitting, uh, slotting some of these in is, is a really good idea. And uh, the other the other two, um, 770, that's a uh, Payne's Grey in Carbothello. but the Payne's Grey in Carbothello and the Payne's Grey in Faber, totally different. Yeah. It, the, the, the 770 in um, Faber, uh, sorry, seven seventy in criticism. what is it? Carbothello, <laughs> is is um, is bluer. It's got much more blue in it.
0: Interesting.
1: And uh, it it works really well. And the seven sixty is Indian red. Now we've got a one nine two Indian red in Faber. Once again, they don't bear any resemblance to each other. So again, it's an, it's another very good color to use. And uh, again, I, I, I've always, even when I was using Carpathella pencils, that that was a, a prime color as far as I was concerned.
0: Yeah, I'm just looking at that. That 640 is that third one, and that's the uh, yeah. It's like an Indian ready color. Let's talk. About, right. Let's talk about this the last one, five four five, which is emerald green light. It's it's bright as anything, isn't it? That one.
1: That's really lovely. That's used primarily when you're using landscape work Uh, i've done quite as you know quite a lot of landscape work and uh i have used that one because it's it is to say exactly as bright a bit like the if you have the 104 in uh faber and this one is even brighter than that yeah and it sometimes you've got this is why i use these other colors because they're supplementary colors as far as i'm concerned i always go through when i'm doing a picture i go through my um, range of faber first pick those out then i keep those then i go through all of the other makes looking at different tones that i can either uh, insert between so i've got or extend the colors such as the pinks uh, that we were talking about earlier
0: mm.
1: but there's a lot of repeat uh, pencils so i do understand where people wouldn't want to buy you know all of them because yeah. you've got a lot of repeats there and some i hardly ever use but you never know
0: that um that 545 quickly just going back to that one I, you said about the Reginini, that 545 is basically the color of one of the girl's dresses, the green, the green, uh, dresses. I I, I'm sure maybe you didn't use it in that. Maybe you just used credit color, but looking at that, like that color looks pretty uh, in my head. I think anyway, it looks pretty close and that's just interesting how you can see a vibrant color like that. And then you, you, if if now you had all of those pencils in front of you, you would go, Oh, I can achieve that. Mm with mm. a base colour and that colour, basically. Like, you can get to the colours you right. need quick, quicker.
1: The reason I do what I do now is, uh, uh, and didn't, how did I get on before, you might ask, when you have to compromise, when, you, when you're looking at a picture, you think, I'm not going to get that exact shade, so I'll compromise it and change it to this shade. Mm. Well, now, because of the range that we've got, I, it's very, very rare that I have to change my mind and think, okay, typical of that is, is when I did the um, six pencil packs, you know, that have been very successful. Now, can you imagine now just using six pencils to do a tabby cat or, or a, a German shepherd? You, you wouldn't be able to – I did do it, but you wouldn't be able to do it so easy now, and you wouldn't get the same effect. So uh, it's a compromise. So I don't have to do that anymore with all the colors. Yeah. And what I w- always recommend is when people see a picture that they of mine that they think, I really want to do that picture, uh, mm-hmm. I'm desperate to do that picture. And they see that there's a couple of Caran dash and three Carbotellos and four Creta colors and 15 Fabers, if they just use the favours and just subsidise the colour, they're not going to get exactly what I uh, can get with my picture. And there's then they're faced with that choice: do they buy all of the pencils that I suggest? Generally speaking, I would say if you're going to do, and we can set, we sell them one at a time. You don't have to buy the whole set. And I would definitely suggest that they did buy those pencils. Mm because they're going to get the same result. It's like if they, I'm doing it on Passamette and they want to do it on Hongray or canson or say, they're not going to get the same effect. It's just not going to work the same way as when I do it. So i say if there's a picture that people really wanted to do, one that comes to mind immediately is Doris Day, when I did Doris Day. Now, Doris Day... I did it on the grey map paper, didn't I? Yeah. And there was a lot of pencils I used for that. So you imagine trying to work out the colours if you haven't got the range. That's to supplement a lot of work. It. It, it's going to be, it, it would be almost impossible to do it. So I would say that uh, I don't want to pe- pe- people off it. If they want to do touristy, it's fine. But you've got to remember, if you haven't got the pencils and you haven't got the paper, then the chances are you're not going to be able to do it as I've done it.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: So it's worth—I mm-hmm. mean, buying the buying the pencils a few at a time is always worth it. Yeah. But what I wouldn't recommend people doing is buying all the whole caboodle, all of them, because well, I mean, if they want to, they can. Uh, I mean, probably people look at my range of pencils when they look at the, on the internet, they think, wow, wouldn't it be nice to have that? Well, I tell you, it is fantastic <laughs> to have that. Absolutely fantastic. But, you know, we're in a privileged position, or I am, because I'm doing work all the time. And, uh, you know, we're getting uh, the rewards for that. But it's it, unlike paint, you see, you've got to, Forty-eight set of watercolors, you can almost produce any color you want. Every yeah. color, you can't do that with with a pastel pencil, unfortunately. Yeah, yeah. yeah.
0: Um, okay, let's move on to the last brand because we've got Karen Dash here, and you've got the colors you suggested here were zero eight nine, zero four two, seven three six, and five four one. So zero eight 089 is dark carmine, which is a similar tone to the other one. It's sort of a deep red, isn't it?
1: Do you know I can't remember them now.
0: Sorry. <laughs> well, I'll tell, you, I'll tell you. I'll tell you. Let's have a look. So, hold on a minute. Let me find it. 089. And what I'll do is I will, with the wonders of technology, I will share my screen so you can see. So this is this is zero eight nine. Do you see that?
1: Oh yes, oh yes. That's that's, a, that's sort of a very deep, rusty movie ready color, isn't it?
0: Yeah, yeah. Really, it's really only. Be,
1: I picked that, Steve, because I use it a lot, and I've worn it down, so I know that it's useful. Mm. And again, it, it fits in just as we were saying before. It fits in between other colours. Yeah. So that that's why I've used that one.
0: Yeah. And then the zero four two, as we we'll, may as well carry on, is is uh, flesh
1: color. That that's is what they that. Yeah, that is a beautiful color. That is that's complementary, and um, I've used it very recently because I wanted I wanted to produce uh, an ivoryish type color and a pinky type color, but I wanted something between the two. Yeah. Now I use white. White. A white ivory and the pink tones and bordering on orange it it went into orange and i wanted something in between that to give me a a, a peachy look
0: yeah that um, is a very peachy color isn't it
1: well hmm, there, there isn't any peachy colors anywhere in the whole range of yeah. the, all the pencils that we've got
0: yeah that is a beautiful color really vibrant and bright isn't it
1: hmm. um, so that, that that's why i chose that
0: the next one, 736, is uh, called Brown Olive 50%. And that's a, a unique mm. color as
1: well. Again, it's a lovely color. It, it's a color I would use a lot in landscape. I'd, I'd use that in landscape a lot because you wanted some soft tones. Sometimes you want a soft tone. The nearest to that one is, uh, what's what's it called? Carbothello I can't think offhand, but there's a there's a green in Carbothello uh, not faber Fabergestel. There's a green that is similar to that that I use a lot. I can't remember the number off offhand. I know it, but I can't remember it. Mm. But it's that like an
0: olive green, isn't it? It's like an olive.
1: Yes, but it's it, it's 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 got a, it's got a, it's a soft green. Some of the other green, some of the pencils generally tend to be a bit bright, like six uh, one six eight um have you got the color chart up there
0: yeah i just thought i'd bring up the faber castell chart just to see if you can have a if it jogged your memory Uh,
1: um, yes one seven two earth green yeah there you go
0: that one that one is similar but this one is a much lighter exactly
1: No, but what i was saying was that the, the that earth green in faber is, is it, it's um, more subdued than the brighter colors like 170 168, yeah. 167. two six seven one six seven they're all bright colors which is great It gives you lovely bright foliage but this is a nice soft one mm. interesting But I think you're, you're getting the gist of what I'm why I'm picking these colors now because they're colors that uh, I mean there's a whole load more as well. Uh, that uh, I mean, if 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 I'd been asked for six colors, I would have found them easily, yeah, yeah. And if I'd been 12 colors, I would have found them easily, yeah. Uh,
0: let's move on to the 541, which is uh, light flesh five percent, and that's a really really subtle um pink, isn't it?
1: White pink, that's right, almost that no one. Yep, once again, very often these that would be in association, say, with flesh tones. If you're using skin tones, that could work really well. Mm. But it could also work in you could put it almost in anything beyond buildings, skies. Uh, I can't imagine it probably in flowers, even depending mm. what you're doing. Yeah, There's so many different tones. I mean, when I'm looking at pictures and reference pictures and wanting to to interpret that reference picture for the pastel painting, then I'm looking at that reference picture and thinking, if only I had that mixed with that, I could achieve this colour.
0: Yeah.
1: Uh, so and very often I pick that one out.
0: Yeah. Yeah, it's a great colour. Great colour. Um, OK, well, that's, I think we've... We've covered that really nicely, um, Steve, I, and I hope that other people listening, this is why I brought it up really on the podcast, because that was really good information on just a few colours, what a difference that can make uh, mm. to your mm. the tones that you have to pick from. Um, so that's that's fab, brilliant. Thanks, Dad. Um, we've got one last question to talk about today. Um, it comes from Alan. He sent over a picture, a fantastic picture he'd done of the castle scene. And uh, we gave Alan some feedback on it. And there was another question that I forgot to ask you, Dad, when we were talking about that, which was about base colours. And I thought I'd bring it up on here because it's actually a really good talking point. Um, So Alan says, regarding base colours, had heard that you use a warm grey in the foreground and a cool grey in the distance. But in the castle, in the background, it had some reddish tints. So I decided to use warm grey whereas the nearer rocks seemed more bluish, so I used a cool grey. Has Colin got any advice as when to pick 270 and 273 as opposed to 230 and 233, Um, basically the warm or the cool greys as a base colour?
1: Well, this is a really good question, and um, it's one that will pose a lot of problems for people when they're looking at uh, the reference picture, which is the key. When you're looking at a reference picture, invariably that reference picture has a bias one way or another. Sometimes it's a bias towards orange, sometimes blue, sometimes green. You know what I mean by a bias. It's got a bias to it, mm-hmm. which is perhaps not the natural color. However, if you're using a reference picture, you've got to adhere to that uh, bias you can't change the bias. The worst thing you can do is to do that because if you do that on one colour or two colours, I don't like that, I'll, I'll change it. It throws everything out. The whole lot goes out. And you'll find that you'll have a mishmash of different tones. So that's my number one basic rule. If I've got a reference picture, I follow the bias that I see. It may not be easy to see, but but it is there. Now, so when do you use warm? When do you use cool? Well, again, if if you if you're not guided by the reference picture, because that should tell you whether you're using cool, warm, um, or colours. Um, but the general rule of thumb beyond that is when you're using greens, uh, skies, uh, water to a certain extent, you use the blue color. You use the blue 230, 233, 181s, for instance. Generally, you wouldn't necessarily use the 270 and the 273 or 175, which are the earth tones or warm colors in skies particularly, Mm. simply because... Generally, they've got blue in the sky, so therefore you want the, the blue bias to that. That's one rule. But if you're using foliage particularly, generally speaking, you use you can use the warmer greys. I say can, don't necessarily, it depends on the bias again. Um, so I tend to use cool if I'm doing buildings for instance, now. Here's interesting. interesting building I'm doing, it, the, the picture I'm now currently doing, uh, the, the, the big one, St. Peter's one. I looked at the bias that I had on my ph- photographic reference of the original picture. Yeah. But, so we're, go- we're going back a couple of generations here. And I looked at that and thought, now what have I got here? I have a sky, which you'd think, okay, well, you want the... 230, 233. Now, I could have used that on there. However, the bias wasn't that way. It was warmer. So across the whole picture, it was warmer. Across the whole picture, it, it was it was warmer for some reason. And I couldn't really see any evidence of the, the blue tints, the blue tones. Therefore, I chose my 273 and 270. However, I've got to tell you, there's always a but. I'm just coming to Windows now. Windows are always a problem, and I haven't really tackled this yet. I've got to do that. Probably later today, I should tackle them. My Windows. Windows tend to have a blue ish bias. Now, I'm hoping that I'm going to get away with not using it. However, um, no, I'm going to have to use a 181. Now, 181 is a Payne's Grey, which has got cool tones in it. That that's right. I've got to use a 181 because if I'd used a 175 in the window, it wouldn't work at all. all right, it would be too harsh. It wouldn't work. So interesting. But what I could do there, and what I probably will do, is use my 170 and my two and my. 273 okay 270 and 273
0: 270
1: and 273 which are warmer colors and 181
0: so you combine the warm and the
1: cool that's right i've done done it many many times before so i keep my bias but change one pencil which Mm -hmm. is going to be really important so interesting isn't it
0: Mm, it, there's a lot it's interesting because there's a lot of buts and a lot of howevers isn't mm-hmm. it because there is so mm-hmm. many it's opening a, a huge can of worms of opportunities and different different um what's the combinations of mm. and depending mm. on a lot of
1: things um, i tell you what it, i tell you what it is steve it, it's uh, where well, the more experience you get at doing this kind of work especially with the pencil pencil is you, you become intuitive and Clinching your head, saying, I'll use a 230 here, yeah. or or you're using 273 and 270, 175, say, mm. and suddenly you think, hang on, that's not going to look right with this particular area. Mm. So, therefore, you say, I've got to use 230. Very, very, very often, especially in a bigger picture, I can put 230 and 233 in one section and 2.7.3 and 2.70 in another section. Hmm. That happens. Very rarely do you actually use the two or, or the two tones together. Yeah. Very. I, I can't med, remember ever doing that. But um, interesting. it's a really interesting question and uh, one that will fox an awful lot of people when they start out. But basically that's the rule. Follow the bias.
0: What and, if a... And what if a picture has too much of a bias? Can you bring it back?
1: Don't do the picture. Really? Mm. Because if it's too too far that way, then there's something wrong. It will always look a little unnatural. Sometimes, I suppose, yeah. if people want... If people look at the, 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 the picture, the reference picture, and think, I want it to be exactly like that, even though it might have a... Uh, a, a, a an orangey look to it, then they can do it. But they've got to be prepared that that's what they're going to get.
0: Yeah, but
1: it, it would be almost impossible. I suppose, to bring it back
0: I suppose now, you, nowadays you can put it on the computer and and maybe cool it up. Uh, i like add, add a bit more cooler bias to it. But you can do that with the simple software that you have now. You, probably, you can you can probably absolutely. change it.
1: Um, absolutely, yeah, that, would it would be, that would be that would. I would think that would be a very wise thing to do. Play with that before you start. Because whatever happens once you um, once you start your picture, uh, you've got to stick to all of those biases. You've got to. Yeah. I've, I've never, ever, ever deviated from that. I've always, it's kind of, you learn early on. I mean, probably when I first, I can't remember now, but when I first started out, I probably looked at a picture and said, oh, I don't like that, it's got, it's got too much blue in it, I'm going to change it, and probably ruined the picture. I probably didn't realise I'd ruined it at the time. I would now if I look back on it. Uh, but you learn quite quickly that you don't do that. I mean, people look at pictures of mine, I mean, the pictures that we give them on the, um, uh, the, the pictures that you know, they, they, they're following on our website, and that might have a bias to it, slight bias. The, the good thing about this, though, is that when they see watching my video, that's probably pretty true to life. Yeah. So they're looking at that, knowing that i am used this pencil for this and that pencil for that.
0: Yeah, they can so, kind of follow, they can follow you.
1: Yeah, yeah. It's when they're doing their own pictures that they've got to follow the rules that um, I've stated. Mm-hmm.
0: Mm. Okay. Thanks, Alan. That was a a fab question. Um, And I knew that it would be interesting to other people to hear it too. So thanks, Dad. I'm really pleased with that. Um, Good. Cool. Well, that's all I have for this week. We've uh, overrun our usual half hour, but I'm (laughs) Uh, I'm okay with that. (laughs) What's new? So I hope people have found this really interesting. A lot of theory in this uh, week's podcast, but uh, I think... Think there's a lot to uh, to unpack there, a lot of good stuff. So uh, thanks, Dad, for uh, answering those questions and giving all that advice out.
1: Sorry, right. my pleasure.
0: And thanks everyone for listening. That's it for this week. I'm Stephen Bradley,
1: and I'm Colin Bradley. Enjoy, Enjoy your week. week.